Hello humans, welcome to The Frontline, a leadership and business podcast brought to you by Peregrine Corporate Services, an Isle of Man based fiduciary provider. My name is Martin Hall, welcome. Uh, we're here to chat to those on the front line of business about communication, leadership, management, mentorship and networking. And hopefully along the way, we'll find out some interesting stories and all learn a little bit more. Today, we're joined by Alison Tier, owner and director of Simply Marketing and also the host of Simply Marketing Podcast. Thanks for joining us today. Hi, it's good to be here. It's nice to see everybody, or sort of virtually. Yeah. So, so to get get things going, if that's okay, I always like to just get to know the audience to get to know a bit of background to the, to our guests. So, are you? Uh, did you grow up on the Isle of Man, or are you? Where was your early days and schooling? Yeah, I was uh, born in Lanc- Lancaster and lived in North Yorkshire till I was fourteen. Okay. And then my parents came to the Isle of Man and I came over with them. So I did my later schooling here. Um, I didn't go to university, had no intentions of going to university, just wanted to leave school. Um, went to the Isle of Man College um, for a couple of years and then started to work from there. So mm-hmm. I tra- actually originally trained as a nursery nurse and went and worked into, in the education sector. Okay, so that was the original uh, younger age. That was the desire to go into the, that, that nursery side. Yeah, I, I think at the time it was a desire just to work and just okay. to do something. So I worked in uh, for the education department for two years, three years, and then I set up uh, my own nursery uh, with a friend at the age of 21. And we built that up from nothing um, and then added to it and, and added after schools and holiday clubs and this kind of thing. And then, and then eventually sold that and went back and started to study again. And that, that, that picking up that new studying, what was that in? So I went back and studied marketing then. Okay. And um, I was I married a farmer. And so I've got a, re- and coming from a rural background anyway, when I was in, in Yorkshire, so I have a, a real passion for agriculture and um, rural business as well. And so I went back and studied marketing. I worked on two uh, big campaigns on the island. One was called I Love Manx, which was a, a sort of a, a coordination between the National Farmers Union and DEFA, our agricultural department. And then I went on and I was a coordinator for Alabama Food and Drinks. So that would be taking the food and drink providers down to the NEC in Birmingham and to the big events um, and doing marketing around the food and drink sector. So that's at that same time I was studying as well. So the, and we'll come on later on, obviously to start a business at 21, you mentioned there, that's, I suppose in many eyes, young, very entrepreneurial, but maybe we'll dig into that a little bit, a little bit later on. Uh, what, what was the marketing aspect having done nursery? What, what was the trigger that went marketing was, was where, where you wanted to explore? Towards the end of uh, being a nursery owner, there was an awful lot of um, red tape involved. So I, was, I wasn't teaching anymore, but I love to teach. And I think that's come out later on in, in my career. Um, so I wasn't teaching anymore. I was just absolutely full of paperwork. And um, the marketing element of the nursery business really started to intrigue me because I'd realized that if you had your branding right, if you had your messages right, if you had, if you were able to communicate what you wanted to do, then you could move the business forward. And ultimately, I knew that I wouldn't be staying in the business. So it, the best thing to do was to start to market it and so that it was a saleable business um, in the end. And that's where and I became really intrigued in what marketing could do. And during those, during those 
sort of years up to then did you have mentors you looked up to or people that you you know maybe watched even online to to help you develop those I suppose those skills in the nursery environment and that business and as you switched into the marketing side of things I think I've always read I've um you know before that online became the place to learn I I would always read things so I would always have a hunger to learn more um the actual qualification taking the marketing qualification I think was a bit of a tick box in my head because I was probably I left school with virtually nothing and so it was a question of I you know proving to myself that I could do it so I enjoyed taking that um, and having you know I did the all my CIM qualifications and really enjoyed that learning process so I think that was a trigger Um, so I would have been 45 when I started to study so it was very late on really when I think about it and not that I now study in that way in that prescriptive way but I now know the value of having mentors and learning and I rely on them a lot now I really that's what put drives me on yeah it's interesting actually I've, I find that more and more as you I don't know whether it's just later in life, but yeah, that, that learning becomes kind of unstructured, doesn't it? But you then just look around at who can I, what can I take the best bits out, out of, or, you know, whether it's YouTube, whether it's all the other social media channels that are there and all books, etc. Yeah, I think, so when I was studying, uh, social media was just coming in. And so, and I didn't know anything about it and neither did, and neither did anybody else. And so when Twitter came in, you couldn't Google a YouTube on how, what Twitter is. You, you just literally had to find out yourself what it was. And so I started to really study and, and engage in the social medias because I understood that that was going to be a massive, massive marketing tool for people. And if I didn't understand it, how was I going to tell people how to use it? Then through learning about social media and how it was used from a marketing perspective, I ended up teaching it. So then the teaching came back in um, and, and then things progressed from there and I started simply, which is simply marketing, which is my business now. So, so not that we like to look at negatives in life, but during those periods, do you ever look back at, so I think you can learn off everyone in, in different ways, but at times you can learn off bad leaders. So when you look at, and, and when you look in that environment and you see traits that, that you perceive and not you as a collective, anyone, uh, is that something you're conscious of as well, of, of watching other yeah. people and, and pick, trying to pick up the good traits and, and trying to go, well, that's a bad trait. Do I have that trait? Do I need to adjust what I do? Yeah, I, I think definitely that is something that I mean, I've worked with, with different people and um, some really, really good leaders and done a lot of development work in leadership as well. and. I think some of the traits then stand out of people who struggle with leadership and things like communication to me are absolutely key. People, people need to communicate and not being able to lead by actually being transparent and talking to people and keeping people in the loop. And, and also the people who are able to sort of see things. There's, there's lots of sort of cliched comments that you can use of people like, will say you know you can't see the label from inside the jar and you know all these things are really true if you aren't able as a leader to stand out and stand back you can't actually you get too engrossed even in and this is this is literally with people with you know a one-man band it, it, it goes across the board 
Yeah, you know, I agree. So you mentioned uh, simply marketing there that you started up. So how did that idea come around? Obviously, you talked about getting it and, and studying marketing. Where did it first go? Rather than perhaps going to work for someone or a firm, a marketing firm, what what drove you? Where did that idea come from? So I did a, a couple of contract pieces of work and um, I got asked to come internally in organisations. But I, I mean, I've always worked for myself. So I think that's it. I'm not scared. Working for yourself can be really tough, especially if you're used to sort of like that paycheck kind of world. I'd never been used to that. So it was easy for me to say, do you know what? I think I'll just do this on my own. And I wanted to create a business. I didn't want, I decided I wasn't going to, so the, the model that I use, I don't employ anybody, but there are so many amazing freelance people out there that I just found that I could work with designers and copywriters and whoever I chose to, you know, get the right, the right function for my clients by people, getting people from around the world and locally to, to work with me. So that was the model I decided to follow. And as it grew, simply with something that came out and I, I sort of really battled with it to start with because I thought it sounded too simple but it has something that's come back over the time over the time a lot because the way I work is in that methodology I everything is everything is super simple marketing is not complex you just really have to know where you're going once you know where you're going and set your objectives then it's really easy to be able to start, put strategies in place to get there and so that's where that's where simply came from and on those early days was obviously we're sat here now in the middle of the corona situation where everything switched to on, online was with those earlier days what well, i could i'd use the word more traditional marketing marketing was that when you're looking at a, a balance was that 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 the focus back back then i guess or at the I time i um so we, I suppose you take it back to the whole the leadership thing. In in 2015, I went on a, a leadership course. I put it off for a year. I'd off, I got been offered the place. It was a two week course, very intensive course in Devon, and I put it off, thinking I have not got enough time in January to go and do two weeks of leadership training. When why would I possibly want to go on a leadership course when there's only me? It's you know this is ridiculous. Um, anyway, the second year it came round, I thought, oh, this is, if I don't take this opportunity, I, I, I'll feel really bad because it's a, it's a once in a lifetime chance. So I took the chance and went on the course and it was probably the best thing I ever did. And I think that was the insight into the fact that you need to really have mentors and coaches and find if you're in business on your own, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're at the top of any, any team, somebody has to has to help you you can't do it on your own you, somebody has to be able to help you so from that i i started to to realize that there's you had to be very purposeful about the business you're building so from simply's point of view i knew that marketing as a whole and i'd been very much ingrained in social media because of the fact that um social media was the thing people asked me to train but i don't didn't want people to have an impression that you could build a business on social media because you really can't. It's very, it's a real risk to put all your eggs in one basket. And it's about having that rounded marketing strategy to be able to cope with everything, including what's happening now. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting that I, to go back to the point there about leaders, because often you get to the, I suppose the top of where, you know, that leadership role and it's, it's easy to get into that 
that mentality of, well, I've reached the top now. I don't, you know, there's no one above me to, to learn off. Therefore, I know everything and therefore become maybe lazy is not the, quite the right term, but comfortable that you think you know everything because you're in that leadership role where, where really going out and finding mentors, whether it's face-to-face or just watching things online, I guess, that those opportunities to uh, continue to, to learn and develop is a good, another element or on top of being a good leader is an even better leader. Yeah, I think so. I, I think the word leader is quite scary because you, you can be a leader in different ways. And obviously there's, there's the iconic leaders and then there's people who just are able to um, move forward. And I think when you use the word entrepreneur, it took me a long time to, to be, feel comfortable with that. I still probably don't feel comfortable with it in some ways because but when you look at it, an entrepreneur is just somebody who can find ways around problems. They are able to change and move and see opportunities and they are willing to do that. So they embrace change quite quickly, I think. Um, I have a second business called Social Jungle as well. And that was an example of seeing a need. So Social Jungle is a, a, a purely a social media and online training company who works in agriculture in the UK. So that came about because of a need for um, agri and rural training within that sector but in a bigger market so I couldn't do that particularly on the Isle of Man because it's too small a market but I did see that need and I have a business partner and we will also work on training in the UK so I have the two businesses running simultaneously. So you kind of shot down my next question which was about you being an entrepreneur <laughs> or not seeing yourself as the, 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 and the, the traits then you talk about and uh, and how you describe an entrepreneur, those things, do you find they're just, because some people will say, oh, I haven't got, I haven't got the skills to be that. Do you, do you think everyone has that ability to be an entrepreneur? It's just about trying testing and uh, not being afraid to, I suppose, have a go. I think everybody has the ability. I think it's the will. Um, You either want to do it or you don't want to do it. I think, and you, if you are going to be a business owner um, and an entrepreneur, you will do anything. You will find your own way and you are continually, your, your mind doesn't stop. I mean, and that's really quite irritating sometimes uh, because it just doesn't, it doesn't switch off. You're continually thinking of what can I do next? What's a new idea? How can I do that differently? But I mean, in my instance, I end up doing that for clients. I, you know, because I'm like, you know, what can they do next? How can they find the next opportunity? What could be done? Um, and it, I think if you haven't got that, that's fine. I think everybody's different, aren't they? So it's just, but if you have got that, it's then you've got to be brave. I think the, the traits of being an entrepreneur is you've got, you've got to be brave. You've got to be very resilient and you've got to keep going no matter what. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. So, net, again, networking input is an important part of business. When when it comes to networking for yourself, how do you how do you find out? Have you always been comfortable? Again, certainly earlier in my career, networking, and even even now to a point with my dog box in the background, uh, it's sometimes difficult to be you know walking in a room full of strangers, etc. How have you found generally networking in in your? Is that something you've had to develop as well? Yeah, no, I, it, it's not comfortable. I, I just don't know who the person is that actually enjoys enjoys networking. But I have um, developed a way of 
I am what I call a purposeful networker. So I think there's a lot to be said for really thinking in all aspects of marketing, but in networking, what I see a lot is people will go to a lot of networking events, but end up talking to the same people. And that's actually not going to get you anywhere. The, the key to good, proper networking is to push yourself each time out of your comfort zone and say, try and meet three new people not the same people that you've, you know, you've met time and time again, because that becomes a coffee morning. It doesn't become, it doesn't become, you've got to think of networking as a conference rather than a coffee morning. And I do see that if you think about online, I've seen that on LinkedIn a lot. Um, people go in, have a chat to the same people all the time, the same people comment on their, on their, you know, what they're doing and, um, it, yes, it drives the algorithms. So it gives them better reach, but actually is it driving business? Does it actually get you to meet new people or are you just having a chat? Yeah, <laughs> you know? No, absolutely. Yeah, no, absolutely. And just then back to the marketing side of things, you obviously come across many different industries. It's, it's obviously an impossible question to answer without sitting for 20 days. But is the massive differences between, you know, finance services to an accounts firm to perhaps a restaurant when it comes to the, or there's these underlying principles for marketing and then you just layer on top depending on what the business is doing? Yeah, it's it's the all principles are the same for any business. And I think so I have like a, um, a six week program that I've put together and I work with and I'm actually writing a book about it now. And it's yes, you have to have the creative out of the box thinking when it comes to the tactics, the actual things that you do. But I think where people go wrong with marketing is they dive straight into those at fluffy bits as I like to call it they they dive straight into the bits oh yeah let's go do an event let's go stick this advert in here let's go and um go to this networking or whatever without actually knowing why and the the big thing with marketing is to say right okay what are what's your end game what do, where do you actually want to be or what do you want to achieve from this because if you don't know where you want to be you can't measure it and then the poor old marketers, they end up with the whole, well, you know, that cost X, how do you know we've got any revenue? And then they'll be saying, well, we can't really measure it really because it's all attitudinal. And, but actually you can if you know where you're going in the first place. So it's the bigger picture. Where does the organization want to be in the, in the next three years, one year, two year? Where does it want to be going? And then, right, okay, well, what are we going, who are we going to be talking to? Who's our audience? What are the products and services we're going to be selling? And then how are we actually going to get there? What steps, what actions are we actually going to do to get us to where we want to go? And that's the same in everything from the, even right down to just taking a product or service and saying, okay, we're going to launch this. What do we want to happen with it? And how are we going to make it happen? Okay. I think that's helpful. I mean, one of the kind of last questions I had was around, uh, sort of tips for listeners obviously that's probably a mass a, a really big tip there is there anything else that kind of jumps out that that would be helpful for listeners to have a think about certainly when it comes to either marketing or you know we talked earlier about leadership communication any of those any of those aspects yeah i think knowing where you want to be is huge um because that is absolutely the key to everything okay um then having a plan and and not um not sort of it's not it can't be scattergun. If you, if you do or try to be all things to all people, you won't get anywhere. The online world, especially. So um, I've spent the past five years trying to move my business online. Um, it's, it's getting there now, but 
I think the thing is an online market is a massive, huge global market and you have to then niche. So you have to take your product down and, and the people who you are marketing to write, write down so that it becomes a niche. It's far easier to get recognized and market to. Um, and then obviously if it's an, an offline business, you should try and add an online element to it. So give your, give your business marketing balance, I would say, because we spoke about this earlier, didn't we? The fact that I think now everybody's rushing online, which I love because there are people I'm working with now who have been, I've been sort of urging them to have an online element for the past 18 months, two years, and they've been resisting and resisting. And now within two weeks, they've jumped on and they're like, this is amazing. Why didn't I do this earlier? And um, so having an online element is, is, is very important, but we could end up in a situation next year or the year after where the virus is online. So imagine a situation where by the virus comes online and you can't get any access to anything online for three months. Yeah. How would your business function then? So it's about having balance in your marketing. Yeah. Okay. And for, for listeners out there in regard to books, reading and people that kind of you, you mentor you now, whether it's from a distance or not, who, who would you rec? Have you got any recommendations that we'll add them to the footnotes of the podcast? Not to put you on I the spot. As far as looking for mentors is I've used different people at different stages. So when I've needed to know, so I love marketing, but sales, sales is not marketing and sales is something that I, I struggle with in a big way. I don't like the thought of selling. And so I have used people in the past to mentor me, to help me to sell or learn how to sell in a non-salesy way. Um, I've also used people. So when I first started online, I was absolutely petrified of video and having my voice out there or I, I, literally petrified. Um, and I realized, yeah, I, podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I think I realized that, um, I, I realized that I had to get over it. I couldn't tell other people to do it if I wasn't willing to do it, but I had such a block that I ended up getting a lovely lady called Louise Beckett to help me. And she was, a, um, she was an actress. And so she coached me to help me to go on video. Um, so I used her skills at that particular time. At the moment I have got, um, I'm part of an online community uh, that has a summit um, every uh, year in November. And there's like 500 people attend that summit because I know I need to keep myself top, you know, in that, online community and work out what's happening there as far as using online business they also have four um mastermind sessions each year um which i'm part of so i pick and choose what i need to develop That's that fine. little bit further and I, so every, it will always be somebody different i think it'll be the skills of somebody who i need to get oh and the most recent one obviously is um i was i'm writing a book um so when I started my podcast, it took me three years to start the podcast because I didn't know the tech. I didn't have a clue what I was doing. I was like floundering around. When I decided to write the book, I thought there's no way it's going to take me three years to write this book. So first of all, I just hired a book coach and she's ace and she just, oh, you know, she, is, she comes on and she's like, right, have you written any? What's the blocks? And she just keeps me going. So, oh, okay. you know, so each time, each time I take, I just, choose somebody to help me with a certain element interesting 
and then for yourself and the business over the next year, what's, what's your wish and desire appreciating the situation? I suppose for all businesses is very fluid at the moment with, with what's going on in the world, but what's your desires? Yeah, I think uh, I don't ca- carry on as, as I, the, the plan won't change. So that's to do a lot of work online. I love, I absolutely love meeting people and I love face-to-face stuff. Um, but also a lot of it can be delivered online, which means that I can take the work that I do across into the UK or wherever I want to train, I can train in this way. So I'll take my six week program that I've developed, I'll write the book and I will continue to help people to learn how to market their business. Okay, thank you. And then finally, just people want to reach out to you. How do they, how do they do that? Yeah, if they just, they can find me at Alison Tier on LinkedIn. Um, you can also find me at alisontier.com, which is where I do all my online stuff as well as Simply Marketing. And the podcast is called The Simply Marketing Show. So if you just type that into any of the podcasts that, podcast apps, you'll find me. We'll add some links into our, into the footer of the show notes as well for, for people as well. So thanks for coming on. It's very much appreciated. Again, we all, or certainly I did learn, which is what this is about. And hopefully the, the listeners pick some handy tips and, and learn a little bit as well. So thanks yeah. very much. Feel, I mean, feel free to reach out. I do like free um, 45 minute calls So anybody who wants just to put a bit of clarity in the marketing, you know, please feel free to, free to reach out. Great. Thank you. Thanks again. That's okay. Thanks for listening, everyone. And we'll be back soon.